morning and welcome to Bite Size. My name is Yoni Pollock, and I'm your host here on Wednesdays from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern right here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Yeah, last week was a bit of a, uh, what was it, July, January, excuse me. I wish it was July, January, was last year New Year's? No, January 2nd, right. And I was, uh, I flew in from Israel the day before, so. I had to run a bit of an encore, hope you enjoyed it. Back live here for the first episode of 2019, and uh, we got a packed, packed, year ahead of us. I, the truth is, I don't know, but let's just let's just go with it. 2019, I want to say Bite Size has been on air since 20... It's possible since 2016. Maybe 2017, but let's go with 2016. Sounds cooler, sounds longer, sounds better. And being that it's the first episode of 2019, right? That means New Year's resolutions, right? Yeah, we all, you know... January 1st is sort of like an arbitrary date. You know, obviously, us Jews, we have our own New Year's. But January 1st is just like a nice date. Okay, we're going to start doing this. We're going to not do X, whatever it is. If it's religiously, if it's something, you know, on the religious scale and aspect, I guess you would likely more do it during the uh, Rosh Hashanah time. But January 1st is also a time for other things. And And the famous New Year's resolution has to do with weight loss, right? Last year, I don't know if I had a resolution last year. I'd have to probably listen to the show from last year. But January 1st last year, actually a friend of mine, <clears throat> excuse me, told me about this thing he started doing, I guess, two years ago. And that every single dollar he spent, he would record it. He had an Excel sheet. He sent it to me. I said, I'm going to try doing this. And he sent it to me. I said, okay, I don't like certain ways you do this. I'm going to kind of alter it. He's like, yeah, just, 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 you know. Do it to the way you like it. You know, make yourself comfortable with it. You're going to do it for 12 months. And the first few weeks, great. Like, this is so cool. I get to see that I spent $1.50 on an Uber one day. You know, spent $23 on Shabbos food one Friday. Had a dinner at Golan on January 11th. You know, all these different things. And each and every week, you know, I learned something new about how to label this. What to do with that. You know, and then after like a month or two, I'm just kind of like bored of it. But I held out the whole way through, and I have a year's worth now of information of what I spent over the last year. Now, granted, it's very likely to be give or take over five hundred to a thousand dollars, just in terms of there's a good chance anytime I spent something with cash, which I really don't do often, especially because I like points. I'm a credit card guy then it's just more likely it didn't make it into the uh, spreadsheet. Because usually what I did, sometimes I'd be on it every day, and sometimes it'd be like a week in between. So I'd have to keep a receipt sometimes. But also, you know, you just check your credit card statement, and that was very effective, except for the times that you had to use cash. So I'd say give or take 500 to to $1,000, or maybe I missed something on the credit card, maybe um, with cash, even though if it was anything with cash, it probably wasn't a lot. But I stuck to it for a whole, whole year. And like this past like December, I was kind of like, ugh, like, I don't know if I could do it another year. But, you know, yesterday, I decided, you know what? I'm going to count it all up. Now, usually, what would have been the smart thing to do is month by month, just like add everything up. But I don't know. I got lazy. 
And then yesterday I said, you know what, I'm going to do month by month. And it actually only took like a total of like 20 minutes because everything was already documented. I just had to add up the the columns. And my columns are I have like my bills, which is really just like health insurance and rent these days. Transportation, anything with like Ubers, MTA, you know, the subway. Food, which is any sort of food, lunch, dinner, breakfast, Shabbos food, um, you know, going out with friends. And then I had like a miscellaneous um, – I had a, a miscellaneous, you know, the Amazon orders and the, uh, you know, a lottery ticket here and there. And, you know, when you got to do this and you got to do that. Miscellaneous, right? And then I had another one. And, and things are a little more confusing for me. It's a little harder for me. Sometimes I'll tell you this. If you're like a single guy or gal, um, if you're a single guy and gal, then it's probably easiest for you to do it. Meaning you don't have, you're not worried about tuition. You know, I mean, that's not true. I guess if you're in school somewhat, but um, you really, you, you you have smaller bills, you know, just like rent and, and health insurance if you're even paying it. Uh, maybe your parents are still paying it and you just have less to do. Whereas if you're a couple or if you're a family, there's just more going on. But also, you know, mine's a little more complicated because I'm involved with my school and because I'm involved with my school means I, I'm, I'm shelling out money. Obviously, I'm getting paid back for it, but it just makes it a little more confusing on the credit card. And then also, um, what was the other thing between shul and, oh, I, I, I deal with like tickets a bit. So it also gets a little complicated on that. But I didn't include um, anything in, in terms of money spent. I didn't include the, the shul stuff because I get paid back for it. And also the ticket stuff because eventually it does come back to me, um, assuming there's a <laughs> decent season, which there is. So I don't want to give you the exact numbers, but yesterday was when it all came together for me, and I was like, this is fascinating. This is really cool information. I get to see, again, give or take $1,000, let's say. I get to see how much I spent per month. You know, I know how much I'm making per month after taxes. I get to see total I spent X amount of dollars. This is what I'm making. This is what I'm saving. Um, you know, there are things, and, and then you're going to go look. And, and, and today I actually have to do a little bit more because that was just a general um, you know, I have the one number, but I want to see how much money I spent in Ubers. And maybe I could tell myself, you know, what, I could probably trim the Ubers a few hundred dollars, um, you know, and then I, I tell and then I see, you know, how much I spent. I'm going to check specifically how much I spent at Golan. I think that's going to be fascinating. I'm going to see how much I spent on Amazon. I'm going to see how much I spent on, uh, you know, just different things that I could be like, you know what? I could trim a little here. I could trim a little there. I'd love to trim a little on rent, but I can't, you know, so I'm just I, I'm pretty excited to go through it with a. uh just go through it, you know, with a magnifying glass, a fine-tune, what's that, uh, what's that phrase, a fine-tune comb or something like that? Um, now I'm just Googling to see if I get that phrase right. I, I'm totally wrong, but, you know, whatever, regardless, I'm going through it um, carefully, and I'm pretty excited to see what the results will be. Maybe I'll share it next week. Um I thought about it. I went a little back and forth. Should I share the number? And then I thought, you know what? Better not. Everyone has different experiences. Um, I'll admit, personally, I'm I'm pretty cheap when it comes to things in life. So my number is probably lower than uh, the average person. I actually, I, I did something very similar my year in Chanal. If I decided to keep track of every shekel I spent. And this was uh, 2010. And I know other people are going to laugh at me. But technology wasn't the same in 2010. Um so, you know, it was it was pen and pencil and I would track it. And I think I spent less than a thousand shekels worth just on extra stuff. 
um, on transportation, on food. I spent less than $1,000, which everyone to me was like, I spent that in a month. You know, I spent that in, in half a year. I mean, listen, I was very cheap and I'm still cheap to this day. And I think this is actually going to make me even more cheap. <laughs> I think I'm going to be like, wow, I did not need to spend those, uh, you know, $30 in Ubers. I could have taken the subway. But sometimes you got to treat yourself. Sometimes comfort is important. Uh, wow, I did not need to spend X amount on Golan. All right. But sometimes you just want good food. And if Golan's near you, Golan's right near you. What are you going to do? Um, you know, the, 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 also the invention of like Venmo also made things a little confusing because I would pay people or people oftentimes on Friday because I work from home, people would be like, oh, can you pick up something for me for Shabbos? Be like, fine. So then I would pay for it on my credit card. I get paid back for it on Venmo. And I just have to remember to list that on my thing that I got paid back for it, you know? Um, so I'm thinking for this year that I might change up just in terms of how I, um, how I categorize certain things. Um, how I label certain things, and then also like if I if if it's something that I'm paying for someone, I might not even list it at all because there's just, there's just no point. Even though I like the fact that everything on my credit card is listed here, if I'm getting paid back for it, it's probably not worth it. Or I just might put that final number in. But then if I look back over it, the problem is if I you know if I really if I spent forty dollars on my credit card, let's say at dinner, and I'm paying for everyone, but they paid me back thirty dollars. And I only put down ten dollars, and then my and I, and I look back two months from now, and I see my credit card says forty. I'm going to be a little confused, so I just got to figure out how I want to do it. Anyway, fascinating. This is something I just think you know. New Year's, if someone wants to take it upon themselves, January first. I know we're nine days past that, but you could really go back in your credit card. You could probably find things that you did. It doesn't have to be exactly perfect, give or take a thousand dollars. It's not a big deal, you know, when it comes to twelve months worth of things. Um, but it's a good idea. Um, again, I just did bills, which was rent and health insurance, transportation, any Ubers, Lyfts, if you're in Israel, gets taxi cabs, whatever it is. Um, not flights. I actually did not do flights. Um, I put that in miscellaneous. Um, food is pretty self-explanatory. Miscellaneous could be anything from Amazon tickets to Amazon tickets, excuse me, Amazon uh, orders to lottery tickets to Broadway shows to sporting events to dates, whatever it is. Miscellaneous. And then if you just need another category for whatever it is, you know, I did for a while, I had a Tzedakah category and then I just stopped taking a note. What was it? It looks like in May, I just stopped. Um, but I wanted to see how much Tzedakah I was giving, you know, if I could give more, if I could give less. Um, and then I also had a category that said paid, you know, what I got paid in, if I got paid for anything, but then that also just got a little more confusing. And I think that's just some, one of the extra, one of the things I'm going to do next year is probably just factor that in somewhere else. Um, and figure it out. But anyway, that's what I did January 1st last year. January 1st this year, um, <laughs> I did the old boring um, resolution of just losing weight. I got a little big this year. Happens to the best of us. Um, the truth is I was going to start my diet in December. And when I do these diets, and I've spoken about it on air before, I'm actually really good at them. Thank God. I, I have a, a solid ability to lose weight when I try. Um, yeah, it means I'm eating more healthy, which isn't um, thank God I like healthy food, but it's not uh, admittedly not fun. And I have to work out every day, which is also fine. Um, it's not fun. You know, I'd rather just sit and watch a TV show. But all right, now I got a bike in front of the TV. Honestly, not the biggest deal, not the biggest concern, but it's just something else. It makes me sweaty. I got to shower every day. All right. Um, but that's my kind of old, boring the, the resolution. The plan is to lose about 20 or so pounds um, before Purim or Pesach around then. It, it's not a specific, I want to lose X amount before a certain date. I, I'm pretty flexible about this. You know, if there's a night where my friends want to go out and I need to eat a hamburger, I'm going to eat a hamburger. You know, I need to, I'm going to try it. This diet is really, 
it's 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 not like I I do any whole thirty keto whatever it is Weight Watchers. It's simply I just eat smarter. I try to eat more vegetables, more fruit instead of kind of desserts. Like no desserts on Shabbos. I eat very little challah, and that honestly is one of the harder things. It's challah. Um, I don't eat bread during the week. I don't really do much carbs during the week. Um, it's just you know proteins, vegetables, fruit, kind of simple. And thank God I love that stuff. So it's easy for me. It works for me. And then I work out. I I don't believe in diet and not work out. I don't believe in workout and not diet. I think they have to go together and it's worked for me. It doesn't work for everyone, but it's worked for me. So, uh, that's my new year's resolution. All right. What do we have on this week's show? It's a, it's a, it was a pretty packed opener today. Look at that. This week's show, we will have one interview with Joanna Shepson as she, uh, interviews Daniel Sahalo of Yvel, um, jewelry store that'll occur at about 10 a.m. Eastern or so. Tova and Israel will join us likely in the next few weeks. A huge, huge mazels up to Tova who just got married this past Sunday. I want to say it was actually funny. I was in Israel for another friend's wedding, um, and I couldn't make it to her. She actually she she uh, WhatsApp me. She's like, "Are you in Israel?" I was like, "Yeah." She's like, "I just saw you. I'm on a bus. I just saw you walking." I was like, "Yeah, yeah." She's like, "Oh, what are you going to be here until?" I said, "I'm sorry, I won't be able to be there." Um, but that would have been a lot of fun. But a huge mazel tov to her and her chatan and her the rest of her family. Um, looking forward to having her back in the next few weeks. Going to give her a few time with new married life. Um, but when she is ready, we are excited to have her back. Again, 10 a.m. will be Joanna Shepson with Daniel Sahalo of Yuval Jewelry Store. And then uh, maybe towards the end of the show, TBD will be the segment that has no name with Miriam Wallach. We will figure that one out. But for now, plenty of music, and we start off the first episode of 2019 of Bite Size with Mahapecha Shel Simcha, right here, right now, at the Nachum Siegel Network. אף אחד לא עושה את זה יותר טוב ממני, היי תשים את הצרות מאחוריי אני לא הולך עד שכולכם מג'נונים, היי שמעתי שהתחלתם בלעדיי אף אחד לא עושה את זה יותר טוב ממני, היי הראש כבר מסתובב כולם בהיי לא נעצור עד שכולכם מג'נונים Tell 
אני יודע שיש אלוקים והוא בורא עולם הכוח של כולם שומע את קולי
the world make over. Mashiach will come take over. You ain't gotta be me or see what I see. All you gotta do is take a look forward. Lift up your eye to the sky. Spread out your hands. Say thank you. Smile. Get them up. Put them up. Leave them up. Ha ha. Yep, yep. Pump up the value every day. Stand in place. Heart racing. No words to say. Pressure building. Trying to hold my face. Mind drifting like not today. Wake up from everything. Break out your shell and scream. Ha shim. You're the king. Ha shim. You're the king. Hashem Eloh, Hashem Alach, Hashem Imloch, Le'olam Vahem. Hashem Eloh, Hashem Alach, Hashem Imloch.
بطوی دالش ما زایخ زایخ لباری مربی ای کالو بطوی رالش ما زایخ زایخ لباری مربی ای کالو بطوی رالش ما
Two here, and it's time for Joanna Shepson's interview with Yavel Jewelry Store's Daniel Sahalo, right here, right now, on the Nachum Single Network. Thank you, Yoni. So today I'm back at the Yavel Jewelry Factory. I've done an interview here before with the owner, Itzik Levy, but today's interview is totally different, and I'm really, really excited to introduce you all to Daniel Sahalo. Hi, Daniel. Hello. So Daniel's got an incredible story to tell. I've just been sitting with him for a while, like work, just hearing his story to decide what I can share with you on the radio today. Um, Daniel is the he's he's the what's your title of the hold on, US sales manager? He is the U.S. sales manager, but he's actually in charge of running the 
promoting the Meja Maria department of the Evel Jewelry Factory, which is a special department devoted to Ethiopian jewelry, where they train um, Ethiopian immigrants in jewelry design. They usually come in with no background whatsoever, and they train them how to make full training, beautiful jewelry. But Daniel has his own story of coming to Israel on Operation Moses. So I want to ask him a couple of questions, but I'm only going to let him tell you little little pieces because you've got to come for yourself on a tour of Ivel and hear him speak. Um, and he also travels around the world to speak at different Jewish communities. So let's start, I guess, at the beginning. Tell us what Operation Moses was and when it happened. Operation Moses was the first exodus of Ethiopian Jews in the 80s. Uh, and it started around... 81 with a secret operation of the Mossad. The cover was diving village of one of the shores of Sudan. And with the help of the Israeli Navy SEALs, the Shayete, they rescued 3,500 Ethiopian Jews between 81 and 83. One of my brothers came on that operation. And 84 and 85 was the airlifting with the Hercules, the planes out of Sudan. And that's the one I came. And how old were you at the time? Five. Incredible. And what was it like? First of all, I guess, what was the process like getting to that plane? Because that was not like you just drove to the airport and got on an airplane. I wish. Uh, no, uh, there was just a rumor that we need to get to Sudan and from there we'll get our help. So my parents sold anything they could just to have enough money to the guide who led us to the borders of the country, Sudan and Ethiopia, and crossing the Sudanese desert. I'm talking about more than eight weeks of walking barefoot, uh, mostly at night during the day we were hiding in caves and valleys between the mountains because it wasn't legal to leave the country at that time. It was a civil war uh, and a communist influence, that means the border were locked. So we had to escape and along the journey we had to deal uh, with the lack of water, food, the obstacle of the road. Uh, but once again, the biggest problem was getting sick. And this way, we lost more than 4,000 people on the way to Sudan. And that's a big number. So I said to Daniel, did you have any doctors walking with you? And he laughed and said they didn't even have any medicine with them. That's right. People died from scratch. And uh, I personally lost my sister. She was around 20. She got sick of malaria. And a few days later when she died, the only thing my parents could do was to bury her and keep going. But that was the price of making Aliyah 30 years ago. So I think actually, let's go back even further than that. Did you know, at what age did you know or did your community know that Jerusalem existed and that Israel was a state for the Jewish people? Uh, the first real connection with the Ethiopian Jew, uh, Jews was in the 60s. Uh, and that's how they found the Falasha. That's the term that some people know. And it means a stranger with no land. That's how they called the Jews in Ethiopia. And, uh, and in the 60s, when people realized that Israel exists, uh, younger people able to do the journey, walk from Ethiopia, crossing Sudan and Egypt, and those who survive got educated in a famous boarding school called Farbatia in Ranana, city next to Tel Aviv, learned the modern Hebrew, and with the help of the Mossad and the Jewish agency people, they went back to Ethiopia and started to prepare the community to do the Aliyah. Now, you also were saying that for you, it was about coming to Jerusalem, not Israel, right? That's right. What we passed from one generation to the next was Shana Babi Wushalayim, next year in Jerusalem. So we didn't know anything about the state of Israel, the modern life, and we didn't even care. What we wanted is to go to the Jerusalem of gold, Yerushalayim Shazahav. 
And what type of life did you have back in Ethiopia religiously? How would you describe it? Uh, I would say, first of all, that 99.9 of the Ethiopian Jews uh, were in today's terms, orthodox. They kept everything. There was no Ethiopian uh, reformed Jew. <laughs> uh, and uh, basically our life were uh, according to the temple times. I mean, uh, Bible. Uh, we didn't celebrate certain holidays like Purim or Hanukkah. We didn't know about those holidays. So I guess we saved calories. <laughs> <laughs> but the first, uh, like I said, uh, when we arrived to Israel, uh, the only, let's say, dilemma was either to go to Mizrach or Ashkenaz. And most of us, I mean, uh, it was more natural. I mean, I went to Moroccan synagogue. I mean, so they have a similar culture and stuff like that. But... Uh, it was totally a shock coming to Israel from the way we practice our Judaism and the way we do it today in Israel. So we were talking before also about like there was a cultural shock and a religious shock. So culturally, what was the biggest difference? Uh, first of all, in traditional society, like in Ethiopia, in our village, uh, who, I mean, the person who controlled the community and everything was most of the time the men's. It's not just the men, the elderly. And when we moved to Israel uh, in a modern life, the focus went to the kids and the females. So that was uh, a shock to our natural, let's say, uh, infrastructure mm -hmm. of the community. Uh, so that's why there were some problems. But uh, if it was uh, domestic violence between man and wife, but uh, I, it wasn't something, you know... Uh, who didn't make any sense. It's something that happened to every immigration before the Ethiopians, if it was the Yemenites, the Moroccans, uh, Kurds, uh, so every community who came from the same background uh, had the same shock. The only difference that we came in the 80s, so the media and the newspapers was a lot more developed. So things were written about in the exactly. papers. And talk a little bit, I think you were telling me some stories about your time in the Army and how you view the Army as a real melting pot. Uh, in my eyes, even today, 2018, uh, the IDF can be the best melting pot to the Israeli society. And I'm going to start with you. Today we have a lot of lone soldiers from the States who visit Israel for the first time with birthright and those kind of programs. And they fall in love with what's going on here. And uh, they come and serve in the Army. And when they serve in the Army, uh, they're getting their passport to the Israeli society. Beside of the fact they're going to learn the best Hebrew and get really, I mean, have really good friends, uh, they will be part of the Israeli society because when you if you know Israelis one of the first questions when you meet is like where did you serve because it's part of our life I mean Tzva Ha'am people's army it's part of our life here everybody serve and uh, and when it comes to me uh, I wanted to give back to a country who gave me so much so I volunteered to the paratroopers brigade 101st uh, I was a sniper in a patrol unit and then went to officers academy and finished my service as a captain and when I was in the army uh, when you lie down in ambush nobody really cares what your color is what your uh, religious is or where you from in Israel, uh, the only thing you have in common is to take care of each other and your family back home, and that's what we did. 
Uh, that's why I think that uh, in, for the next generation of my community, for example, to take advantage of this amazing part or point in their life to uh, do and take care of their future. Because uh, you can do a lot from the Army for the future. And if someone were to meet you today and say, you know, meet you on the street and say, Daniel, where are you from? Who are you? How would you define yourself? Uh, me personally, I'm Israeli and then Ethiopian. But if you're going to see me in the street, you're going to think I'm Ethiopian. But uh, it's like this song, I think I, I dream uh, in Hebrew. So... Beautiful. And what about, like, some of, tell us a little bit about Medjur Maria and the, the type of art and jewelry that they create and how it represents your Ethiopian culture. So, when it comes to their students, uh, first of all, I have to uh, uh, mention the fact that it's a program that originally was open for single moms uh, uh, around Jerusalem, Ethiopians, obviously. And uh, it was a huge change in their life. Instead of going from one office to the other and, you know, collecting trash and stuff like that, now they're creating art. And I would say that there's three groups. The ladies who are connected to the Ethiopian uh, background and our history. So you're going to see words in Amharic, the Ethiopian language, like love, friendship, hope. And don't worry, the meaning will be in the back in English. We don't expect people <laughs> to read Amharic. And the second group is going to be the religious uh, uh, different prayers from Judaism like Oh God Hear Israel Women of Valor and other stuff that I really like and the third group is going to be just artists uh, for example uh, one of my favorite a student who made a crooked heart because he said love is not perfect or the student who made birds because we knew that birds are migrating and at some point getting to Israel so we used to ask them how's Jerusalem so uh and the last thing I wanted to say, that their uh, work is basically from silver and gold-plated because we had to keep it affordable. And, uh, and it's amazing when people come over and see what we're doing here. So when you come to the Evel Jewelry Factory, you take a tour, which um, gives you a little bit of background about the levies and how they started the company. But then you also hear about this group of students, um, the Ethiopians who are creating these beautiful pieces of art. And then you actually can get to see them and meet them as they're doing their work. Um, and Daniel's very often, he's here too. So when you send, if you send an email to Evel, Y-V-E-L, at funinjerusalem.com to set up a tour... You can specifically say, I really want to meet Daniel, and I totally recommend it. But um, even better than that, he flies all over the world to tell his story. He's got a, an amazing presentation, which he showed me. And when you see, you know, especially you see the plane that brought him to Israel, and then you see him as, an, as a paratrooper right next to the same plane, like, there's just, it's incredible. Goosebumps. We both have goosebumps. But um, so I, I highly recommend to bring Daniel out, also because... I think one of the th biggest lessons I learned today from speaking to you is I was young. I was a young girl in elementary school when Operation Moses happened. I even remember making a project where we made the mud tents. What do you call those mud tents? Too cool. Mud hat. Too cool. And then I remember being a teenager on a Shabbaton in New York. I can't remember the name of the organization, but I was there with a whole bunch of high school students. And Saturday night, they sat us down and they said, this is going on right now. It was Operation Solomon. And like we all just sat there mesmerized by the TV watching these Ethiopians enter Israel. And what Daniel's message is, yes, you, you, know, you should support the Ethiopian community, but 
look and see how much we've accomplished in the last few years and look at how much, you know, you meet these jewelers from Medjo Maria and you see what they've done. It's not just about supporting new immigrants. Like they're in a new stage right now. And the highest form of giving in a Jewish world is teaching someone a trade and he will take care of himself instead of giving the fish, teach him how to fish. And that's what we're doing here. And these ladies are a lot more proud today. And me personally going to the different communities around the states and not looking for donations or anything like that, just to tell a positive story gathered with the Ethiopian community in Israel, I'm very happy. Because overall, I think the Ethiopian community has a great life in Israel. On an every negative story you're going to have in the media, I can give you 100 positive ones. So uh, please... Look on the full half cup. <laughs> All right. And send an email to Evel at funinjerusalem.com if you want to contact Daniel. Um, I don't know if he has any political aspirations, but one day, you never know if he'll represent Israel um, to the world. Um, he's incredible. Like, really, this interview has been one of my favorites that I've given so far. So um, now back to you, Yoni. Thank you, Joanna. And thank you, Daniel Sahalo of Evel Jewelry Store. Uh, for that interview. Joanna Shepson, you can find her at funinjerusalem.com, Fun in Jerusalem on Facebook or Instagram. It is uh, Yeshiva Break in just a week or so. Maybe already. I'm, honestly, I'm not really sure. I'm from out of town, so my uh, quote-unquote Yeshiva Break was, was end of December. But for all of you in the tri-state area and other places where your Yeshiva Break, where your winter break is middle of January and you are headed to Israel, feel free. Don't hesitate to contact Joanna Shepson at funinjerusalem.com. You could contact her on Facebook, Instagram, email, whatever it is. Joanna at funinjerusalem.com. If you have a uh, a time slot in your Israel trip where you're not sure what you're going to do, you're located around Jerusalem, maybe even all around Israel, contact her, find out. She will give you something for 30 minutes. She'll give you something for four hours, whatever it is. You'll certainly want to contact her, and I promise you, it is going to be something you and your family will always remember. More coming up here on Bite Size. We'll figure out if the segment that has no name with Miriam Alawalik will uh, take place. If not, it'll be a short wrap-up. If if it does take place, then we'll probably break in around 10.50 or so. Something like that, but we'll figure it out. Anyway, plenty more music right here on Bite Size at the Nahum Single Network. So cold now, it's so dark here. What could I do? It's not very If I'm a little light, you're a little light Together we are so very bright A little light here, a little light there See the smiles, it's so very clear Shine a little light, show us the way Lead us to a brighter day Shine a little light Show us the way 
Se mi dojsio i vedu Ere si špohoj sjaš miju Se mi dojsio i vedu Besiš pohoj sjaš miju
Leute, man war Pharmaschiach, er wird noch kommen, wenn wir vertrugen sind. Jeder einer darf, man beten, man war Pharmaschiach, er will schon kommen, er wird auf dir in mir. Oh, I have to let a yahoo. 
Sura, alle mena slika bel pra. 
sudar Almenas le kapel pras Aktivut min javodim Mamma shamshi me sudar Almenas le kapel pras Aktivut min javodim Mamma shamshi me sudar Almenas le kapel pras Aktivut min javodim Mamma shamshi me sudar Almenas le kapel
דרך של לעבוד בלי לחצים אפשר ללמוד הכל יהיה פשוט מאוד אחרת איך אפשר לשרוד את החיים שלך תתחיל לקחת בקלות מה זה כסף אך בלי יושר אין לו משמעות עצור לחשוב לפני שתאחר את הרכבת הילדים גולדים ומה נשאר רק המזכרת תגיד להם איזו מילה טובה ותחבק יש רגעים שבשבילם תתנתק ניסית ניסית שלא עשית את הכל רצית בנית בנית ומה שלא ראית איך שהזמן עובר כאן ולא יחזור שוב לאחור שאתה כל הזמן רוצה להספיק הכל פשוט תזכור דספסיטו את החיים שלך ודספסיטו כל דבר בזמן שלא יבוא כרידו בכל הקבלה זה טוב אתה And we are back here on Bite Size to wrap things up, and we wrap things up this time, this week, the first episode of 2019, with this segment that has no name with Miriam L. Wallach. To my left, good morning. Shalom. Look at you, you're already popping open the, uh, what is that? Which Honeydew. Is that? Honeydew, right. Yeah, don't get all excited. Um, well, you know, I discussed early on in the show about uh, my New Year's resolution, so to speak. Which was the D-I-E-T? Yeah, yeah that, that is how I spell it. Yeah, okay, diet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I figured I'd, I'd ask you, you know, January 1st. I know it's not Rosh Hashanah, but Rosh Hashanah, I feel like those New, Year, New Year's resolutions are more religious-based. January 1st is like that arbitrary day where you decide, oh, I'm going to eat salad for the next five days and then forget about it for the rest of the year. Or you, you decide, whatever it is, I don't know, you're going to go to the gym for the first five days, right? right? right. Or you said, sure. I think, yesterday, like the trial. It's really February 1st it ends because you're one Right. All the people who are there at the gym in the morning mm-hmm. at this, you know, during January at this time of year, welcome. And um, don't let the door hit you on the way out when you're- Do you notice as a gym goer that January is the busiest yes! month? Yes. I wonder if they have numbers on that. I wonder because I, I wonder if, if gyms have those numbers and if like um, salad places, I'm trying to think of a non-kosher, like salad, classic salad place. I'm pretty sure that Weight Watchers has statistics on what their January numbers look like versus- Oh, yeah. That's also a good one. Yeah. Right. Trying to think what else would be something like that, but like yeah. a salad place? No, yeah, I would talk I about the juicing salad. places. Okay, juicing places. Yeah, yeah. those juicing Anything places. Helps. I'm sure keep themselves really stocked January one, and also the day after Pesach. Maybe uh, hundred calorie pack brands also find that their yeah. sales go up a bit. Maybe. Yeah, that could be absolutely. Maybe the apple sales are are higher in January. I bought apple two bags as in of apples. fruit, not as Correct. in electronics, right? So all of these things are great, and we're not really making fun of people who are deciding to make better choices come the start of the year and yeah, whatever. Come at me, making fun of me? Yeah. No, I'm not totally making fun of you. I am. I am thinking of you as I say this, though. I'm not trying to make fun of you. I actually applaud you because it is hard to those first 72 hours of a new diet are hard. So I used to say it's the first about two weeks, but honestly, I'm about four days in. Well, I'm about a week in, and I'm already like excited about it. I'm right. past like the your depressed sugar, part. But it's also because your sugar <clears throat> levels have balanced out. Yeah. And it takes about 72 hours for um, for that to happen. So by the time you're three, four days, by the time you're four days in, you are going to be feeling different. 
Yeah, I feel better. I know it's like, I mean, I know it's going to be a few months, but I've, right? I've, I've done this like three times already in my life. It's not. Exactly. Who doesn't diet over and over again? Right. Thank God I'm I'm still young <clears throat> and capable Thank of you doing so. Thank you for pointing that out. Um, you're yes. also still young and capable of doing Thank so. Thank you. That's very nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, actually, I did, jump, I did jump back on the bandwagon. I did it last week, but when you're traveling, you probably shouldn't. Then start <clears throat> right. a diet, not because there aren't good choices, but because when you're on a plane for what seems like a hundred hours, also yeah, good yeah, point. You're just gonna have to sit there eating the pretzels. I was gonna start in early December, but then I found out. I mean, we were traveling to Toronto. I had a trip to Israel. I had two weddings. I said, you know what, January first, there's nothing really going on until the Super Bowl that I have to worry about, and I right. can get you know, I'll figure that. Jeez, my throat. What is with I mean, you? my throat's on a diet. Do you too, have typhoid? Ooh, um, you have typhoid, don't you? Talk for a few seconds so I could clear. Oh my gosh. I uh, now I'm nervous because we don't have great no, air circu- nervous. We don't have great air circulation here in the studio. I'm going to have to air it out after this is here's, over. Here's the truth in in, in total irony. You get me sick. No, there's nothing. You get nothing sick. sick. Oh yeah, I, it's his mic. The irony is that stay away from my desk. 10 a.m. to to 11 a.m. to 11:30 is the worst time for my throat. I don't know what it is. I wake up and it's fine for the first hour or two. 10 a.m. or so, my throat's a disaster. And you I have start waking up early. Three three out of seven days, I have something to do. Between ten and eleven on on Shabbos I'm the president and I have to speak and sometimes I get up there and I sound like this. I still can't on Mondays from ten to eleven I have a show and then Wednesdays I do this from ten to eleven. So it, it it's a disaster of how those times just work out. It's the worst time for my throat and I have three out of my seven days I'm doing something uh, somewhat substantial and important. Somewhat. Thank nah, you on behalf of the people who you somewhat <laughs> represent. Yeah, that like my somewhat. Shul. Yes, the shul. I'm coming to Shank One Shabbos. Come. I really am. Enjoy. I have no idea where I would stay in the Heights. Um, Not my apartment? No, no, no. But I did think about you last week when I was in Israel. Why? You passed by an iced coffee. No. I did not go anywhere near anything that you would have eaten. That's not the point of the story. Well, you also go to Aroma before taking off, no? Yes, because there are very, there's nothing else in the stupid food there court. There really isn't. I know, trust me, I know. Because every time I go play, past the sushi place, I'm like, maybe they got a Heksher this time. No. <laughs> maybe they got a... No. 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 Um, no. I had heard a crazy story from my cousin about the time she um, had a rat in her toilet. And yes, that made me think of you. Not because you're a rat, but because we've had conversations about mice and I've had mice in my apartment for right, sure. I know. Though it hasn't come, I think, in the, like, the last like, nine, what nine months, doing? What are year you doing? or so. Are Why? you tempting things? Oh, if I say something, the mice will there come are, back. There, now there are mice in your apartment. Probably. I'll right put now. out some peanut butter for them. As cheese. we speak, they're doing hakafas in your kitchen. <laughs> Boom. Hakafas. No, one one right of my now. roommates that is still there right now will probably be upset. Yeah, pretty gross. Um, but anyway, she was telling me this story about how once they live in Modian <clears throat> and they had a rat in their toilet. And I'm like, I, I don't, I don't understand yeah, what that I means. How does a rat yeah, come in I there? I don't know. And she said that it couldn't claw its way out, so it was like scratching on the I know, totally. So I didn't even know how do you how do you get it out? You call somebody. Yeah. Yeah, you call somebody. Wow. Uh-huh. Okay. That's, I said that's to her, I'm like, I don't even like it wasn't a mouse. She goes, Oh no, that wasn't a mouse. That was a rat. I'm like, I feel I, bad. Like Avrami's probably listening because he's like ready to, to get him out of here. And um, telling us the time is up. And he's probably like, um, I don't want to know that we could have mice. Yeah. No, sweetheart, you can have mice. Yeah. All right. I'm this was fun. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna let you take that phone and uh we're gonna wrap things up here because Avrami's like, uh yeah. It's at my time. I don't think that's around me on the other line, right? No. All right. Anyway, thank you, Mary Mohawk, for joining me. Um, and that'll do it for the first episode here of Bite Size of 2019. Thank you all for tuning in for the last two hours here with me. My name is Yoni Pollock. 
I'd like to wish you all a good day, a happy new year, and remind you that the bite size is always, always, always the right size.